I was in London in November of 2019. Oh, okay. Um, and it was like around the Thanksgiving week. And so that was like the week where like Oxford was getting a bunch of rain and London was getting a bunch of rain. Yeah, yeah. One of my best friends is a student at Oxford. Um, oh, okay. And so I was like going to visit her. I, w- I, w- I was there the other day. It's a lovely place. Oh, yeah. I love Oxford. Beautiful place. They were, they were filming the new Willy Wonka movie. Oh my God, little Timothy Chalamet. And his yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> so there was loads of these kind of uh, fans kind of running around Oxford. I have to ask Bridget if uh, she kinda, saw anything. Kind of looking for him, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was kind of weird. Everybody were, was. Were they at Maudlin or were they at one of the other colleges? Um, they were at the Bodleian Library. Bodleian. Oh, God, I love the yeah, Bodleian. So, that, like, Christopher Wren Chapel is yeah, so great. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. So I know I know the Bodleian librarian, and he was kind of telling me, oh, yeah, they're filming. It's so exciting and all this kind of stuff, you know? So. That's like a dream of mine is to be a librarian at, like, the Bodleian or, like, <laughs> one of the Maudlin College libraries or yeah. something. That's, like, yeah. a, a dream of mine. Anyway. <laughs> I don't think you can use American library training in the UK. You can't? I don't think it's, like, applicable uh, at all. No, probably. That's a good. That's a good question. Actually, I mean, you know that um, in the UK, you don't have to be qualified to be a librarian. That's also true in the US. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, okay. In, in like public libraries. Uh, oh, they, I thought you were making a joke, Justin. <laughs> I mean, kinda. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes in public libraries you won't need it, or sometimes in academic libraries they're getting more lax on like. Like if you maybe have a, an advanced degree in whatever like subject you're going to be a librarian yeah. for, or if you're in more in like tech services, they might be like you know equivalent experience or, or something. Sure, but, sure. Yeah. My director doesn't have an MILS. Yeah, uh, yeah, and we have one of our youth librarians doesn't have an MLIS either. She just pre- basically qualified on experience. Yeah. So. Okay. That happens a lot with like traditional catalogers as well. Sure. Is that it's more, have, do you have experience in this? Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't think our, our technical services manager has one either, but yeah. she's been there for 30 years. So I'm assuming she's qualified. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I'm Justin. I'm Scholar Communications Librarian. My pronouns are he and him. I'm Sadie. I work IT at a public library. My pronouns are they and them. I'm Jay. I'm a metadata and discovery librarian. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. And we have a guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name's Alan Wiley. Um, I'm a public library worker um, and library campaigner and activist. And uh, my pronouns are he, him. Standard warning that Justin will interrupt you with drops, so just okay. talk through it. <laughs> Steamroll him. Yeah. Yeah, I like your new disclaimer, Jay. You should keep doing it, because I'm never going to warn anyone. <laughs> yeah, no, anytime I listen back to an episode and the first time you do a drop on someone and the like awkward pause, I'm like, ah, okay, they don't know yet. <laughs> this is what I expect from this podcast. So, uh, yeah. 
I didn't put in a segment. Did anything weird happen that, well, that we want to talk about? Or are we going to keep everything in the DMs this week? Yeah, nothing that I think we should talk about (laughs) is what I'll leave that as. Yeah, ALA probably did something. Who knows? So, Alan, we brought you on because uh, I've been following your Twitter for a while, and you've been talking about public libraries in the UK and their, I guess, councils turning them into nonprofit-run, volunteer-run libraries. And so could you give us a a brief rundown of uh, what you do and uh, what's the situation in UK public libraries right now? Uh, Okay. So, I mean, what I do, I mean, I'm public librarian for a local authority in London, uh, work in a kind of medium-sized public library, uh, doing all the normal stuff, generic public librarians do, really. I used to be a reference librarian, uh, but a big trend in UK public libraries is to get rid of reference librarians and to get rid of reference libraries um, and to put everything online and then to cut it and then to have nothing. So um, that's what I do, do at the moment. A lot of my work at the moment is trying to get people back into libraries because uh, we lost a hell of a lot of people during the pandemic and we are very, very quiet at the moment. And a lot of uh, the stuff I'm doing at the moment is outreach work. So going into the community, trying to get people to... Um, interact with the library service and to come back into libraries because, as you know, councillors and politicians love footfall statistics. So um, it's all about getting those bodies through the door and um, so that um, they uh, show up on the stats. Um, So that's what I'm doing at the moment. Um, I've been a library campaigner and library activist for... about uh, the last 12 years on a kind of national basis. Um, Started off, would you believe, campaigning against LSSI, who are now LS and S, I believe, in Santa Clarita in California. Uh, So I was, um, that's how I kind of cut my teeth on kind of library campaigning. Um, and did some work with the SEIU union, kind of fighting um, against um, LSSI lobbying against uh, the AB438 bill in California, which was basically to give um, to give communities more of a say in the privatisation of libraries and more of a kind of heads up. And LSSI did a lot of lobbying and um, even brought in kind of Tea Party activists to lobby against that. So um, yeah, that that's that's how I kind of started in library campaigning. The situation in public libraries in the UK is a bit of a mess, really, very fragmented. Local authorities and councils in the UK under the 1964 Libraries Act are supposed to provide comprehensive and efficient library services. What that means is kind of has been kind of fought out in on a number of court cases and judicial reviews what comprehensive and efficient means, but that's what they're supposed to do. 
Um, but a lot of them have kind of offloaded libraries to volunteers, outsourced libraries to charities, social enterprises, basically the kind of not-for-profit sector or the third sector, as we as we call them in the UK. So since 2010, since the Conservative government got in, we've lost a approximately 800 libraries in the UK. We've lost approximately 10 to 12,000 library workers. We've seen approximately 700 libraries offloaded to volunteers. And I'll go into a bit more detail about what that means uh, later. But um, we've also seen libraries um, outsourced to, you know, charities, as I said before, social enterprises. So it's a really, really mixed bag. Uh, It's a bit of a mess. We are very hollowed out. Uh, Morale was very low. Staffing's very low. Funding has been cut. Opening hours have been slashed. Book stocks have been slashed. So it's a pretty tough sector to work in at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, that's a very brief kind of overview you mentioned uh, the 68 Act for public libraries. From what I understand of like council politics, are most public libraries run directly by councils? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they are. Yeah. Uh, un- under the 64 Act. Um, 64. Yeah. Um, that, that's the legislation that gives councils the power to basically uh, run uh, library services on, beha- on behalf of uh, communities really. Um, so yeah, councils run libraries. That's the, um, that's the kind of, you know, the bottom line. Um, they're supposed to run libraries. As I said, a lot of them um, have kind of gone back on that and try to, um, try to stretch the act as far as possible, try to get away with what they can. So yeah, um it's as i said it's a fragmented mess really because councils can basically determine their own funding more or less i'm not sure some of the budgetary limits but when it comes to like providing social housing or uh anything else it seems like the most mostly what councils do from what i understand is make sure that bin collection happens uh, otherwise, uh, people in the UK will lose their shit, um, and <laughs> yeah. society will just yeah. devolve. Just don't mess around with people's bins, definitely. Yeah. Um, no, I mean councils. Um, re- councils get a central government grant, so they'll get money from central government to provide local council services. One of them being libraries. Libraries in the UK cost roughly seven hundred eighty million pound a year to run. So it's an absolute pittance when you divide that between 151 library authorities, 3,500 public libraries. I mean, libraries run on a pittance. It's something like 0.3 to 0.6% of a local council's budget are spent on local libraries. So you're really not talking about a lot of money here. But yeah, I mean, councils provide... a a hell of a lot more, and they also they also um, raise money through local taxes called council taxes, which are based on property uh, property values. 
It's worth pointing out that libraries in the UK are a statutory service, so councils have got a legal responsibility to provide library services. We've also got a libraries minister who sits on the government and who is supposed to superintend and oversee the Libraries Act, but they don't, and that's one of the reasons why we're in such a mess. Basically, the Tories, the Conservatives, are not interested in public services. They, they, if they could, they'd privatise everything. Uh, you know, and and if it wasn't for um, activist campaigners and unions, then they probably would have. Um, but luckily, there are a lot of people out there who don't agree with them and to fight back. Yeah, I um, there's a lot of statutory services in the United States too, in like uh, state constitutions. But you really, I mean, those are more or less unenforceable unless the federal government decides to do something. So I imagine it's much the same. Um, has devolution done anything about this? Like, are are the the public libraries in a different situation, like Wales and Scotland? Uh, they were until a few years ago. They were in a better state. But um, they've kind of caught up, caught up with England, and now they're in they're in a bit of a mess as well. So you've you really a few years ago you didn't see many library closures or cuts in Scotland or Wales. Northern Ireland's got its own library authority for the whole of Northern Ireland, so they run in a kind of different way. Um, so there's and they've kind of run their libraries a lot better and there's been fewer cuts and fewer closures. Scotland and Wales have kind of closed the gap, really, and there's been big battles in Scotland recently in Glasgow, um, where where I'm from originally, um, to save libraries in Glasgow and other parts of of Scotland. Uh, In Wales, uh, there are volunteer-led libraries, there are library cuts, library closures. So, yeah, devolution for a while did um, kind of save libraries, but but it's not now. So um, the thing I was really interested in, the reason I wanted to have you on was to talk about these libraries being run by nonprofits. So, you, I mean, you talked about the, the privatization by companies. We can get into that too, but I'm really interested in this, like having a charity come in and this kind of staff it with old busybodies. Is that more or less, and there's like religious groups. Yeah, it's just about. Yeah, that's a pretty good, um, <laughs> pretty good sum up of it, really. I mean, I'll give you a bit of context. That this is a big political agenda. There's a lot of legislation. There's a lot of funding goes behind this. It all started off with New Labour and Tony Blair, really, and communitarianism. So New Labour had this kind of, um, you know, uh, policy of communitarianism. Um, Then when the Tories got into power, it became the big society and then it became localism. And now it's the new social covenant. So basically it's, yeah, 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 I know. know, know. (laughs) UK politics are so fucking Oh, look, look, look. It drives me crazy. They change the names of these things all the time. You know, what was the I, thing with um, what was the thing with Johnson recently? That was like save big 
Bear, yeah, save, yeah, save, yeah. save the big oh, man, yeah. Operation yeah. Save, save big boy. Oh dear, dear. No, where, where do I start with that one? <laughs> I but, just think it's very but the whole kind of push towards offloading public services to communities and volunteers in the UK is a big thing. They'll claim it's to give more power to the communities and more power to local people. But really, it's blackmail, to be quite honest with you. It's, we are going to shut your library unless you run it. And if you don't run it, then the library will close. But the thing is that even when volunteers do take them over, it's like closure by stealth anyway. Because... And it's really all based on kind of... um, access to resources, wealth, race and class, really, to be quite honest with you. Because if you live in a wealthy area that's got access to all these things and has got retired solicitors, retired bankers, retired professionals who know how to play the system, who know how to challenge things, who know how to raise funds, how to get grants, then you've got a far better chance of running a library. Now, whether they are libraries is another big big, big bone of contention. I mean, I wouldn't even call them libraries because to me, a library without paid trained staff and or a statutory remit isn't a public library under the 1964 Act. So, you know, they can call them whatever they want, community libraries, partnership libraries, whatever they want. But basically, so what usually happens is a council will propose cuts, closures. There'll be a campaign set up by the local community. People will be up in arms about it. Then the council will target some of the friends groups and some of the campaign groups and say, hey, look, if you really love your library, why don't you run it? And unfortunately, some of them fall for it. So you end up, and and a lot of these groups are very kind of white, middle class to upper middle class, retired folks, really. So they're all the kind of same demographic. And they, you know, they've got a very kind of... um, They've got a very kind of, I don't know, um, rosy-eyed view of libraries. I think libraries are kind of, you know, a a kind of a quaint thing to do, a hobby, something that might kind of amuse them for a few hours a week. And then when they actually take on the library, um, the reality hits them because they haven't got the experience, they haven't got the skills, they haven't got the funding, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, like, if you want to know what your volunteer, who's going to be running the library, you look at your friends' groups. Yeah. Because that's going to be the people who are going to step up and want to keep it going. So, like, yeah, the old, nice white ladies all the way down kind of demographic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, and and that's who the council will target. So you know they'll they'll 
they'll say the friends groups who up until that point will will have been saying, oh, libraries are wonderful, our paid trained staff are wonderful, we really love libraries. And then when they get the opportunity to run one themselves, you know, they just, they just you know, most of them just love the idea, you know. Oh, you know, wonderful, you know, like uh, this will be something to do, you know. It's like, like it's some kind like it's some kind of a hobby you know yeah it like reminds me of the way that like at any library conference they'll get a keynote speaker that's like a an author or an actor or something and their whole thing is about how much when they were growing up they loved the library and there was always this like librarian who was like a an older woman who like unlocked the door of knowledge and discovery for them and it's like even if that is true for them it's just like the type of image of what a library is and what a library is like for um is does isn't real um and i i get the the sense that like a lot of these like you know retired or you know people have a lot of free time um people who volunteer in libraries that's what they think a library is and not you know how they actually operate day to day I would love to see like an 80 year old person try and like, troubleshoot an LMS and like oh lord <laughs> trying to help other people on a computer well this is one of the big concerns i mean volunteers having access to membership databases i mean what i mean come on privacy and data protection i mean i'm not i'm not being funny but if you're talking about a, a, a kind of a friends group or a campaign group who live in a small town or village having access to people's borrowing records, having access to their personal details. I mean, you know, I'll give you one example. In the UK, we've got something called um, uh, Books on Prescription, which is a kind of a collection that a library has that someone's doctor can prescribe a book to them. So the books are usually about... um, those self-help kind of books about well-being and about kind of stuff like that, you know, or about this is the, what New Labor did to the NHS. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. That, that's <laughs> that's that's what that's what we've got left. But you know, um, imagine someone in a small village going into a, a volunteer-run library and asking for a book on something that is personal or you know, to do with a, a, a medical condition or, you know, um, you know, a, a young teenager or kid going into a library in a, in a village asking for a book, uh, uh, you know, on, on LGBTQ kind of issues or a, a woman going into a library in a village asking for uh, a book on, you know, kind of abortion rights or something like that. You know what I mean? It's just like, and someone in that village has got access to their borrowing record. You know, I mean, I, 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 and they're they're not bound by the same professional values that librarians are, basically. No, no. I mean, it really does raise major concerns um, about privacy and date protection, and some library services have actually kind of tied down their databases so that volunteers can access certain parts of it because concerns have been raised. 
So they've got the basic kind of functions, you know, issuing, discharging, that kind of thing. But um, they haven't actually got access. I mean, you know, there, there are lots of concerns. That That's a major one. Also, you know, there are, there are kind of things. Volunteers don't have to turn up if they don't want to, you know. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of them are very committed and whatever, but you're not under contract. Yeah, 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 and 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 you and there's not that kind of, um, you know, there's not that kind of um, what's the right word? Dedication, I suppose. You know, I mean, and so also health and safety. I mean, who who looks after that? You know, does the council? Do the, the I mean, I've been in some volunteer-led libraries that. You know, the, the health and safety executive would close down if they did if they did a uh, did a spot check. You know, boxes lying about the place, shelves looking as if they're going to topple over. You know, kind of. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a real. Some of them are a real mess. They're more like charity shops than libraries. I think it's how they probably imagine libraries. But yeah, uh, I was going to ask when. Because I've tried to imagine myself in this situation where someone tells me someone's going to take my job and do it for free. I would break everything on my way out. Like I would just make it impossible for the library to run. Yeah. What What has the transition been like um, when people are like having to train their free replacements? Oh, I mean, uh, you can imagine. I mean... You know, exactly what you say, you know. Um, can you train up this volunteer to do your job, you know? You know, I mean... I, I can't even explain my job to non-library people. Yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, and can you do it in six weeks? You know, it's just like, well, no, uh, really. Uh, I, mean, <laughs> well, I mean... I also worry about the safety of these volunteers not just of the like the shelves gonna fall over on them yeah. but in the united states um i think i read somewhere that like public librarians especially like once maybe work a circulation desk or a reference desk where they're up you know face to face that their jobs are some of the most dangerous in the entire country for like uh, sexual harassment yep. or other types of like violence coming from from patrons and i don't know if it was the same in the UK, and, uh, like, do you have to offer the same protections to volunteers that you might like paid employees even? Yeah, well, I actually tweeted something earlier on, which was uh, I'd, I'd, a survey that um, the main public sector union in in the UK, Unison, uh, did, which which represents the majority of library workers in the UK, and they did a survey in two thousand and nineteen about the violence aggression and abuse that public library workers have to put up with every day. And it's absolutely shocking, you know. Something like 82% of library workers have experienced, you know, aggression, violence, abuse, you know, um, in their day-to-day work. So, yeah, why any volunteer would want to put themselves in that position, you know, I I really don't know. But, yeah, I mean, it's – we – we – at least we get a bit of training. At least we have built up over the years, if you're an experienced library worker, how to maybe diffuse situations and how to get yourself out of situations. 
it's it's a part of the kind of skill of being a library worker. Uh, it's a part of the skill of being in a service where anyone can walk in the building at any time. You don't know who you're dealing with. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, you know, why would you want to volunteer to do that, you know? it's And it's getting worse, you know, because... A lot of public, since they've started co-locating a lot of public libraries with other council services, so you might have a library that shares the same building as the housing services, uh, homelessness services, social services, children's services, whatever. There's a lot of that going on because of the cuts. So what they do is shoehorn all public services together in one building call it a hub, uh, and then, you know, let people get on with it. But the thing is that library workers, uh, since that's been happening, have been facing a hell of a lot more aggression and abuse because you get a lot of people coming in who are very, very distressed, very frustrated, very angry. Yeah, so God knows why why you would want to volunteer to do that. I really don't, you know, unless, you know, it's kind of, no, I'd, I'd volunteered in my early years to run soup kitchens for the for the homeless, but you know that was something that I chose to do. Kind of when I was nineteen, twenty, you know, like when I was a bit kind of uh, crazy, you know, um, and I, I thought it was a worthwhile thing to do, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it really worries me. I saw in one of the articles you linked to us. Uh, which will be in the notes, um, that there's more volunteer-run libraries now than uh, professionally staffed libraries. How long do these volunteer-run libraries last before they just shut down? Yeah, there's more volunteers in public libraries than paid-trained staff. Ah, Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So the before the pandemic, but two years ago, there was about fifty thousand volunteers working in working in UK public libraries, and about fifteen thousand, sixteen thousand paid trained staff. Now there's uh, twenty five thousand volunteers because it's dropped by about fifty percent because volunteers are usually in the vulnerable groups and during the pandemic a lot of them just dropped out and um you know didn't want to come into the library because of covid basically so so there's about 700 um about 20 percent of all uk public libraries are volunteer led so there's about 700 something like that some councils have more than others. Um, some councils don't have any. Council I work for doesn't have any volunteer libraries. Some councils are keener on it than other councils. It's really a kind of a postcode lottery, really. It's a kind of fragmented kind of picture. I'll give you an example of one local authority in London, uh, and that's Lewisham which is a Labour-controlled... Labour seem to be very keen on volunteer-led libraries, would you believe? You would think it was the Conservatives, but Labour are pretty uh, pretty keen on offloading public services and laying off staff and handing libraries over to volunteers. Uh, so Lewisham has got six different library providers. So 
council's supposed to provide libraries, but they've got they've offloaded them to six different um, groups. One of those groups is an offshore arts organisation that has African mining interests. Now, I'm not joking. I mean, so it's just like it's a free-for-all. It's like the Wild West, you know. Another one of the organisations is an ex-city guy uh, who worked for Dell Computers, I think, um, and he set up a social enterprise, and now he runs some of the libraries. And you know, it's like <laughs> it's just crazy. It's just mad, you know. And then you've got little kind of volunteer groups that have set up community interest companies, CICs, you know, that, that uh, anybody can kind of set up and call themselves a charity or a, you know, anything they want really. And um, they kind of toddle along and do the best they can, really. But that's Lewisham, you know. So on the, um, you mentioned the privatization. Uh, the one company that you mentioned is the one based in California. And I think we've talked about another one that does library automation. But what's going on with these privatization companies in the UK? Are they running the whole library or are they doing contract staffing? Like, how is the privatization happening? Um, okay, so the biggest company in, in the UK is a company called GLL, uh, Greenwich Leisure Limited, who started off in the London borough of Greenwich, running leisure services and then running the library service, and then they've expanded out, and I think the uh, is it three or four library services, about 67 libraries they run now. GLL claimed to be a worker-led social enterprise, um, but they employ two-thirds of their staff on zero-hour contracts. Um, they um, have got abysmal um, labour relations record. Um, staff, library staff, and one uh, of the library services that they run have been out in strike twice in the last two or three years because of low pay, low staffing, everything else. So they they are by no means a social enterprise. But um, councils seem to love them um, because of that tag of social enterprise, you know, uh, especially the Labour councils. They think if someone someone's got the social enterprise tag, then they're kind of, you know, they're kind of um, morally and ethically valid, you know. Um, So GLL are the biggest one. Um, There are four, um, is it four or five big county library services that have been spun out into public to become public service mutuals, because that was another big thing the uh, the government were trying to do, set up uh, worker mutuals, but they're not worker mutuals. They're not pub- proper mutuals. Uh, you know, there's nothing mutual about them, um, really. Uh, you know, I call them mock mutuals. Um, so there are four or five big county library systems that have been spun out to them, and that's that. They that's the main kind of players, really. LSSI, who are now LSNS, did come over to the UK. Um, they opened up an office in London. Um, they said they were going to try and win 
15% of the UK public library sector. Uh, they didn't get one contract. They had to close their office and they had to come back to the US because the councils, for some reason, um, didn't trust them. I wonder why. There's something in here about risk of double taxation. If the library receives funding from external sources that aren't library f- or that aren't taxpayer funds, could you go into that for a little bit? Sorry, what what was that? Sorry, is it a risk of double taxation if the library receives funding from external sources that aren't taxpayer funds? Uh, I didn't add that to the notes, so I was wondering what. Uh, I, I read that in um, one of the the links that was like the one from like the, the Scottish report where it was like talking oh, okay. about like pros and cons. And one of the ones that was like potential problems was this like double taxation thing that they could actually get in trouble for or something. Um, yeah. I mean, really the whole kind of concept of double taxation to do with volunteer led libraries is to do more about people running them already pay for the service through their taxis and then by giving their time are really being in a way uh, double taxed if you know what i mean oh okay i don't understand how uk things work yeah i think <laughs> i think that's more to do with it it was one of the arguments that we were trying to as campaigners and activists trying to put to friends groups and and campaign groups who were thinking of running libraries. We were saying to them, look, you already pay for these libraries. Um, You know, really you should be fighting the council and the government to live up to their responsibilities and to provide these libraries properly. You know, Um, if you start running them, you're, you know, it's basically a double taxation. That, that, that was the kind of argument that we were using, you know. Gotcha. So it's not like of the library doing of its taxes, but like the people who are running it, them getting yeah, yeah. tax yeah. kind of double. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. that, that was more of the argument. It was, it was kind of, we were, we were trying to kind of use these arguments to persuade friends groups not to do it, basically. Reasons not to do it. And and um, that, that seemed a, a pretty good one. Um, but, I mean, some of the charities who run libraries obviously get chari- charitable tax relief. So that's one of the advantages of a charity running a library. Yeah, that re- that report like did have like pros in it as, as well as, as cons. Yeah. I yeah. can't think of many pros. but uh, No, not many. Uh, it was like, here, maybe some of the perks of volunteering at a library or something. <laughs> the pros are having a library at all. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. if it's between that and not, then what are you going to do? Mm, well, yeah, that's something we run place. into a lot is like, we shouldn't be doing this, but what else do we do? Uh, that's a, I think that's in a lot of our episodes and just in like library discourse in general, I feel like that's a, a wall we hit a lot. Yeah, that, that's, that's something that's put to me um, quite a lot. Uh, especially over the last 12 years, you know, um, what do you want us to do? What what would you do, you know, if they were closing your library? And I can understand people's passion and I can understand people's fear that their public services have been closed down. But the thing is that 
by getting rid of paid trained staff and the statutory remit that it's not a library anymore they're closing the library so don't call it a library in the first place if you want to call it a community book exchange then fine but just don't call it a library just like just don't call a wooden box in someone's front yard a little free library um you know it, it, it isn't it, it would be like me putting a, an aspirin in a tin and calling it a community hospital you know um <laughs> that, yeah that was actually like a, a a point i was very interested in was like you know in the united states we have all of this stuff about the little free yeah. libraries and then i see people going like well libraries are about more than their books they're about the services they offer and they're about the librarians yeah, you yeah. can't have a library without librarians and like being about but then we have like we'll both get little free libraries you know i'm putting air quotes around that yeah. where it's just like you know you know, in middle-class suburban neighborhoods yeah. where they're not actually needed. But then I also see libraries that are opening up that don't have any librarians working in them where mm-hmm. it's like all automated or something. Sure. Um, yeah, like there's like a lot of tension between like what makes a library? Is it about the books? Is it about the people working there? Like that kind of stuff yeah. that like, I feel like that maybe ties into a lot of yeah. Um, the problems uh, in this issue. I mean, basically, we've been trying to reclaim the word library because basically politicians and councillors have been calling everything and anything a library to try and undermine public libraries. And we've been trying to refocus the argument and say, look, you know, <laughs> you know, calling an old telephone box full of old books a library is kind of pushing it a bit, you know. And why don't you use your energies and your passion, A, to use your local public library, and B, to fight the cuts, and to come together with campaign groups, union unions, activists, whatever, to fight those cuts. I mean, you know, like, <sighs> Little Free Libraries kind of came over to the UK a few years ago, and I tried to talk to the UK um kind of branch of it and say, look, you know, um, can we talk about this? You know, we're library campaigners, we're library activists. You know, if you want to put some books in a book box, great. Please don't call it a library. Um, these are the reasons why. Also, if you're going to do it, then publicise the local public library. Work in part- make it a- Yeah, sorry, sorry. Oh, make it a compliment as opposed to yeah. like a compliment yeah, yeah. to the public library. Yeah. Work in partnership with the local public library service. Put local public library leaflets in in, in the boxes. You know, um, kind of. But yeah, I mean, they 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 didn't want to listen. I mean, they actually blocked me. Um, really. Uh, <laughs> so wow. yeah, yeah uh, it's it's been a bit. I mean. There's all, you know, as you mentioned, there's there's been all that research about how the kind of emergence of little free libraries is kind of linked to gentrification. I know in places like Detroit, there's been a kind of pushback against them. You know, how they claim to kind of, you know, um, be in book deserts, but they're uh, the majority of them are in well-off kind of usually white kind of middle-class areas who can afford to buy books who have got access to 
books and information. So really, are are they living up to the claim that they really that they really put forward? But you know, that's a whole. We could take up a whole podcast on that one. You know, I've had so many arguments about that. It's unbelievable. You know, I mean, it even got on the BBC a couple of years ago because I had the, I had the temerity to criticise a, a little free library in Bristol and and. People went crazy. I was getting threatened and called. Oh, you wouldn't believe what people were calling me, you know. And and it even got on the BBC, you know, because people were up in arms about it. How dare you criticise, you know, this this kind of worthy kind of um, you know thing? But there's a lot of kind of um, I don't know, you know. There's a lot of kind of um, yeah. It, it, it's it's a ideology. ideology. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of all of the whenever you know people get up in arms because there's a dumpster full of you know old old books that are you know yeah. outdated or whatever. It's, they're still perfectly good, and it's like I I that's that's a matter of like professional judgment, yeah. not community judgment, really. Yeah, yeah, it's the whole weeding kind of argument, isn't it? You know, yeah, I mean, you know, st- you know, stock working kind of st- and the weeding the stock, you know, as a part of you all know, as a part of our jobs, you know, and it's it's what we do. It's how you keep collections up to date and attractive, and how you keep them relevant, you know. And yeah, um, I I wonder how. I mean, you may or may not know. Uh, more about this, but I wonder how they do like their collection policies or their selection at these volunteer libraries because uh, who knows? Yeah, there's just no consistency, right? Well, just vibes, just vibes. <laughs> well, well, who who knows? I mean, you see, the thing is that some of them have support from the local library service, so some of them have a librarian that comes in um, once a day and does stuff like that. Other ones don't don't have any support. Um, there are there are a few hundred of the seven hundred who are totally independent and have no financial or professional support from the library service. So what they do with their collections, I do not know. I have got no idea. A lot of them rely on donations, you know. So I mean that that's another big big worry. So do they censor their collections? Do, you know, if you had a religious group who were running a library, would they have books on certain subjects that they didn't agree with? Um, God, I mean, it's a minefield. I mean, who knows what they do? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, one, it's one of the big concerns, you know. The whole... The whole Equalities thing as well, you know. Um, who's keeping an eye on 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 not just the stock, but but who um, within the communities that these li- so-called libraries are in? Who feels excluded? Who is being excluded? Who doesn't feel welcome? Who, for different reasons, that, that that's a big it's a it's a big worry. You know? Yeah, I imagine a lot of the collection in places is just done by app. Sort of the whole thing with Hoopla the other day, where there's like neo-Nazi books and Hoopla. And I'm like, I'm not surprised at all that that happens because like you buy bundles of books and 
it probably looks a lot like the collection development at the first library I worked at where there wasn't really a collection development person. We didn't really buy books except ebooks. So we're just like, whatever's in the bundle, that's what we got. Yeah, I mean, I'll be the first to admit that a lot of public libraries now don't have kind of collection development teams, stock teams, stock librarians. A lot of them just rely on supplier selection and uh, get the top 100 and top 10, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, public libraries are, 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 um, are guilty of that as well. But, you know, um, at least at the branches, um, there are paid and trained kind of staff who can look out for things like that and who can pull things off the shelf and, or put things on the shelf or include things that aren't included and talk to the community about how they would like to be re- represented and try try and make things better to make things more inclusive and to make people more uh, to play, make the place more welcoming you know is there any sort of like movement to like keep track or like study how any of these like volunteer libraries are are doing throughout the future because it's still a fairly recent thing there right this kind of changeover so you just don't really know how any of them are turning out how, how long they'll run you know what their policies are is there any sort of like maybe if we keep track of this for the next five years we'll, we can say well look these Volunteer libraries aren't doing all of these services. The what is it? The efficient and oh, yeah, or yeah. is that just too much work for library activists? Yeah, it's too much work for library activists. Um, there have there have been studies done by by library academics in the UK. There's also been kind of case studies done by the kind of developmental body for libraries, the Arts Council in the UK, um, by the government department who has the remit for libraries, the DCMS have done case studies. But how much you can trust those case studies? Because they're done by organisations that have got a vested interest in the ideology and, and the kind of rolling out this model so yeah i mean a lot of the case studies are kind of look at our wonderful volunteers what would we do without them if we didn't have them the library would be closed aren't they doing a wonderful job you know um, some of the academic studies have been a lot more helpful but yeah it's very hit and miss it's very hard to know there's so many of them popping up it would it would take a team of people, um, you know, kind of full time job just to keep an eye an eye on all of them and what they're doing, and also the independent ones don't have to be kind of transparent about what they're doing. You know, they they don't have to answer questions if they don't want to. So yeah, it, it's difficult. I, I I don't think there's a there's a complete picture of, of what's going on. We know the numbers. We've got a good idea about the numbers. The act the actual what they're getting up to. And how they're doing it is a completely different kind of um, completely different matter. Yeah, in one of the I think it was the article that was linked about the L- LSNS group 
like they're using taxpayer funds, but they don't have the response, you know, they don't have the obligation to be transparent if they were actually a public entity as opposed to private privatization. So, yeah, and that's that's another one of the big things is that it's a kind of a, an, an erosion of transparency and local democracy, really. Um, companies like LSNS, companies like GLL, don't have to answer freedom of information requests. They can cite commercial sensitivity and they can get around it that way. So yeah, the whole thing about transparency is a big is a big concern. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry if uh, if everyone sounds such a downer, but uh, I've been doing this kind of every day, kind of twenty four seven for the last twelve years, and uh, it's just like I mean, it, it kind of makes me despair the, the the situation in the UK sometimes, you know. Um, yeah, well, sometimes reality is a downer, yeah, and also yeah. I'm yawning because I my afternoon meds make me really sleepy. Oh no, sure, it's not you. I promise. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm on gabapentin. Uh, I, so. I, I wouldn't be the first thing, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm often accused by the library library leadership and the professional organisation in in the UK of not um, you know of not kind of spinning a positive narrative, but I'm a trade unionist. I'm an activist. I'm a campaigner. I work in a public library every day. I, I see the I, I see the shit that goes down, and <laughs> really, as as a campaigner and activist, it's it, to me it's it's about being truthful, not trying to spin some rosy-eyed kind of view. Uh, isn't everything wonderful? And aren't we all doing a wonderful job? You know. So, you can't you can't solve problems until you know what they are. Well, exactly. And also, the public um, might not even know what's going on, or if they're noticing, like, oh, maybe the services are declining. They might not know why, or that it could be fixed. Maybe they just think that's how it's supposed to be. And so, until you like wake people up with like a harsh truth about how bad things yeah. are, then you really can't get any solidarity with them. Um, or get solidarity from them, yeah. uh, rather. This is a big thing on, like, academic campuses right now with, like, professors striking of, like, we have to get students supporting us because they actually don't know why what's going on is bad or what our conditions are or anything. Um, so sometimes you just have to be a downer. <laughs> yeah. You, 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 it's important to be truthful with people. We, we get people coming into the library saying, you know, I had someone come in a few weeks ago. Uh, where's your uh, housing law section? I mean, I nearly fell off my stool, you know, spat my tea over the thing, going, where's our housing law section? I said, but, you know, libraries have been cut for 12 years. We haven't got a law section. You know, we basically haven't. I mean, we've got some self-help guides. But the reference library got cut. The law collection got cut. The, you know, everything. And it's like saying to people, you ain't going to get that in a public library. We've had 12 years of cuts. And and a lot of managers get very, very nervous when you're that honest with people. When, you know, we're told sometimes, oh, you know, no, no, you can't say that to people. What? You must be joking. You know, this is the community. These, this is the public. You know, um, you got to be honest with them. It's no no use bullshitting them, you know. It's it's just not um, not a good way of 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 um, 
not a good way of uh, dealing with the situation, you know? Yeah, I think uh, one thing I did with my supervisor was put a, a list of things that we can't do until we hire more people. And I was like, here, you can use <laughs> yeah. this to show your boss um, yeah. to see if we can get some more. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good strategy to do with the public, too. Do you, I was just curious, I know we're, we should be wrapping up soon, but I'm just curious, do you have library boards in the UK, like boards that oversee, that are like community run? No. Good. No. You don't want them? The, 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 <laughs> the, 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 the mutuals do. So the mutualized services do. They have boards who kind of oversee see the service. Normal Council-run public libraries don't. What they have is councillors, so local councillors who are who are elected onto the council committees. So um, they are the ones who have got the kind of say and power over the libraries. Um, and you've obviously got the head of library services. Uh, some of them are not even called that anymore. Um, some of them are. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're called. Some of them are kind of leisure managers, uh, not even called head, heads of libraries anymore. There was a time when the borough librarian or the head librarian was kind of respected, you know, but not anymore. It's kind of <laughs> libraries are kind of some library services in the UK are, are stuck in with cemeteries, you know. It's kind of, uh, and this is another thing how libraries are kind of positioned within local authorities and councils in the UK is crazy, you know. Some of them are in with education. Some of them are in with leisure. Some of them are in with parks. Some of them are in with cemeteries. Some of them, it just shows you how kind of um, low a profile public libraries have uh, in the UK. And one of the reasons for that is that we don't really have a proper national strategy. We don't really have a proper national publicity campaign. There isn't even a national website for libraries in the UK, in, 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 in England anyway. Scotland, Wales, and Ireland are different, uh, and Northern Ireland are different. In England, uh, we don't have any library standards. Nope, you said it. It's Ireland now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Well, no, no backsies. Yeah. Well, that's that's another argument. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'd like it to be a a, a United Ireland, but uh, there we go. Uh, showing my Republican uh, roots there. Um, <laughs> Well, when the, the, the queen comes out of her chrysalis, if y'all aren't actually doing a weekend at, at Bernie's thing with her, then like <laughs> maybe something could happen. <laughs> oh, God, we've got this whole golden jubilee for the queen thing. Don't get me started, please. Jeez, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go up to the highlands and hide in a cave somewhere, you know. <laughs> I, I, I'm just hoping Scotland gets independence so that I can get a passport and bugger off up there. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, this is just going to be sickening for the next few months. You know, and uh, the latest thing is that they're going to spend twelve million pounds and give every child a a a, a book about the Queen. Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah. You know, they, they can't fund the libraries, yeah, yeah. but they'll give everyone you know, a book of like the the, the parasite in yeah, chief yeah, yeah. in her like idiot hat. Yeah, yeah. A lot, <laughs> a lot of kids, a lot of kids go to school hungry, and and you know that would fund millions of free school meals. But they want to give each kid a book about the Queen's Golden Jubilee. Twelve propaganda mil- is twelve million is more quid. important. You know, uh, I tell. 
I tell you one. I tell you one book I'll be reading if it comes into my library. <laughs> <laughs> how much does like? Because um, I know, like, I don't fully understand how like the the queen, but there's also voting and stuff happens. Um, how much does like do like local elections or anything like affect um, like how libraries get funded and whatnot in in the UK? Because that's something I'm always. Um, in like very radical leftist circles here, you get a lot of people who don't vote and I, you know, I'm never going to shame someone for like not voting. But one thing I do try to say is like, if you like, if you vote for one thing, like try to look at, see like what local things you could vote on would affect libraries. Mm -hmm. Because often like, you know, if you've got library boards or something like they just get overrun with like right wing conservative, like angry moms and stuff Mm -hmm. otherwise. (laughs) Mm Um, no, I mean the only thing you're really voting for is is the is the colour of the party. So I mean you're either voting for Labour councillors or, or Tory councillors or Lib Dem councillors. Now Labour is supposed to be in in um, support of public services and libraries, but it doesn't work out that way. There's a lot of Labour, but there's not like individual bills or no, anything you would no, vote no, on. No, no, gotcha. no, no. There's there's the overriding act really, and then. Local councils have their own library bylaws, but the library bylaws are basically the same for each council. It's a bit like you're not allowed to put your wet socks on the library radiator, that kind of stuff, you know, or, or you know, you, you can't, you know, I don't know, <laughs> you can't bring in fried chicken or something, you know, Th- those kind of bylaws, you know what I mean? But um, so... Fascists. Yeah, so it's basically you're voting for the party, really. Um, and as I said, Labour is supposed to be in, 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 in support public libraries, but a lot of Labour councils have been just as bad as the Conservatives in cutting and closing them. So, yeah, I, I don't really know what you're voting for anymore, to be quite honest with you, you know? Yeah, I can't wait until you do austerity to the police and then have volunteer police. Cause what I know about British people is they would love to do that shit for free. Oh, some of them do. We have community, <laughs> we have community police officers. I love that. Like a bit of Fry and Lori bit about the privatized police where it's like, my car got stolen. It's like, well, if you buy this membership, we'll find it this yeah, quickly. Yeah, yeah. Totally yeah. normal <laughs> Island. Oh yeah. You have, you have volunteer community police officers. Yeah. That's outstanding. I guess we have that too, but they usually just shoot their other cops. So they're not really a danger to normal people. Yeah. Well, thank God. Thank God they haven't got guns. At the restaurant I used to work at, there was, uh, the, the, the cops, the community, uh, community. Oh God. What was it? Community, like, observation patrol or something like that that would give out parking tickets it was just the most ridiculous thing like seriously i'm parked in front of my place of work you're giving me a ticket yes okay i i hope you feel good like about that big man like yeah i mean years ago before us before i got involved in kind of um campaigning in the u.s um the only things i ever heard about about um U.S. public libraries was being shocked that people could take guns into libraries in some oh states. Boy. I know it's not all states. And um, the other thing that used to come up all the time was um, fleas in public libraries. 
or bed bugs. Bed bugs. Bed Big bugs. Issue. That, that's it. Yeah. Bed oh, bugs. I didn't know about this. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. I live here. So they, oh, yeah. They, I, 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 I have to admit this. I was, you know, they, they were the only two things I, I ever used to hear before I got involved in kind of, you know, campaigning and stuff, you know. But, but taking guns into libraries, I mean, what, what the hell is that about? You know, I mean, if I saw someone come into, come into a library with a gun, I'd, I'd be pressing the panic buttons and locking myself and all my colleagues in the workroom, you know what I mean? It would be a good bit to do that in the U.S. too. <laughs> Just yeah. hit the panic button and run into the <laughs> office. Yeah. Madness. <laughs> Yeah. So we try to end on a uh, an, an action-oriented question, and since you're an activist, this might be an easy one for you, but what should people be doing to uh, support your work? Uh, well, ap- apart from using libraries, they should be um, talking to library workers um, and um, kind of making partnerships and links with their local library service. Um I would say join a friends group, but that's a bit problematic sometimes. But um, yeah, um, link into uh, local campaign groups, um, uh, unions, that kind of thing. Um, Don't just wait for the cuts to happen, but actually start talking to public library workers and start becoming um, kind of active in your community, really. I think I want to see like pits and perverts concert, but like for libraries, that's what I want yeah. to see. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> Get Bronski beat back. Like <laughs> definitely. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. That would be great. Can uh, we make Blobby a library icon? <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think that would really gain some meme power for libraries. In the UK. <laughs> yeah. Didn't, uh, who was it? One was it SEIU? one time had a big dinosaur or something didn't they was it was it the privatization beast or something like that i remember seeing That's that great. i remember seeing that at their anti kind of privatization demos or picket lines or something so you know something like that yeah or blobby or whatever yeah just no no famous authors or anything talking about how they love libraries you know yeah yeah i mean I lobby will never be cancelled I need to be careful because I know a lot of, kind of authors in the UK and they've been very supportive towards libraries. But if I have to hear another kind of anecdote, kind of laden story about, you know, uh, you know, safe, also, safe uh, havens or something, you know, I, I'll, I'll scream, you know. And are like by you being on this podcast, are we like libel? Are we like will like the UK libel laws like apply to us right now? Like, am I going to get in trouble for like calling the Queen a parasite? Or <laughs> technically, we're published in the US. So okay, no. yeah, cool. you won't you won't get locked in the Tower of London. Don't worry, because <laughs> I know they're like really strict about that. over, yeah, over there, like more so than here. It's place of publication because I know this because. Uh, uh, I listen to some UK podcasts and whenever they have Americans on, the Americans are like, oh, I can say that for you. And they're like, no, you can't. <laughs> yeah. It's where it's published. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, thanks so much, Alan, for coming on. We and, really appreciate it. And thanks very much for inviting me. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Thanks. Good night.